I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear these burdens alone. In my distress, He kindly will help me. He ever loves and cares for His own. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear my burdens alone. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, Jesus can help me, Jesus. I must tell Jesus all of my troubles. He is a kind, compassionate friend. If I but ask Him, He will deliver. Make up my troubles quickly and I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear my burdens alone. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, Jesus can help. Tempted and tried, I need a great Savior, one who can help my burdens to bear. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, He all my cares and sorrows. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear my burdens alone. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, Jesus can help me, Jesus. How the world to evil eludes me. Oh, how my heart is tempted to sin. I must tell Jesus, and He will help me over the world of victory. I must tell Jesus I cannot be
must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, Jesus can help me, Jesus alone. Amen. All right, praise the Lord. Jesus alone can save me. Faith in Him alone can save me. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 6. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt have none other gods before me. Thou shalt not make thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that it is in the earth beneath, or that it is in the waters beneath the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself unto them, nor serve them. For I am the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. Visit the iniquities of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate, hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. <clears throat> Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Keep the Sabbath day to sanctify it as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee. Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God, and it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thine ox, nor thine ass, nor any of thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates, that thy manservant and thy maidservant may rest as well as thou. And remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord thy God brought thee out thence through a mighty hand and by a stretched out arm. <clears throat> Therefore the Lord thy God commanded thee to keep the Sabbath day. Honor thy father and thy mother, as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee, that thy days may be prolonged, prolonged, and that it may go well with thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill, neither shalt thou commit adultery, Neither shalt thou steal, neither shalt thou bear false witness against thy neighbor, neither shalt thou desire thy neighbor's wife, neither shalt thou covet thy neighbor's house, his field, or his manservant, or his maidservant, his ox, or his ass, or anything that is thy neighbor's. These words the Lord spake unto all your assembly in the mount, and to the mount, out of the midst of the fire, of the cloud, and of the thick darkness, with a great voice. And he added no more, and he wrote them in two tables of stone, and delivered them unto me. Praise the Lord for his word this morning, Galatians chapter 3. I'm going to tie a little bit of that together this morning for a few minutes with our lesson that we've been teaching for, I believe this is the third Sunday, that we have been teaching uh, out of Deuteronomy 5, 6 through 22, which Brother Gene just read for us. And we've been talking about the Ten Commandments. Uh, to begin with, we asked the question, do we need the law of God? Well, we realize that by the law, we're not saved. Or by the keeping of the law, we're not saved. But we want to clarify and qualify that a little bit. By us keeping the law, we're not saved. But you see, Jesus Christ qualified to stand in our place. Why? Because He kept the law of God. He was perfect in every way. He never sinned nor desired 
to sin. And it's interesting that when he was on this earth, that he took the law, and now I'm talking about the moral law, the Ten Commandments, uh, God's moral law, uh, and he took it a step further. And we're going to look at a couple of these. Uh, In Matthew 5, in chapter 18, we read these words. Of course, Matthew 5 is the same chapter where we read, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, and so forth and so on. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17. We have actually read some of this recently. The verse before there, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So yes, we are to... uh, do good works and our lives are to display to others the good works that we do and the reason we do them now jesus takes it a step further as far as the ten commandments go and he takes it to which is he always does he takes his word to the heart doesn't he he takes his word to the heart okay verse 17 matthew chapter 5 This is Him speaking. This is the great I Am. He says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. He didn't come to destroy the law, but He came to keep the law on your behalf and satisfy God for you on your behalf. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. And that He did. He completely fulfilled the law of God. For verily I say unto you, verse 18, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle, one crossing of the T or one dotting of the I shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. What kind of righteousness did they have? It was self-righteousness. And it was not the keeping of the law. It was the outward display of keeping the law that they really didn't keep. But they acted like they did. They kept the Old Testament ordinances. But they were unable to keep the law. Ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of God if your righteousness does not exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. Well, we know that we can't keep the law. So we don't have any righteousness, do we? Oh, but if you're saved, if you believe that Jesus Christ hung on the cross for your sins, His righteousness, remember He came and fulfilled the law. He kept it perfectly. He pleased God with His keeping of the law, with His perfect body that had never sinned, and He gave it up. 
his righteousness and it wasn't a free thing he earned it you see he came and lived his life in this cursed and fallen world on your behalf he kept all of the Ten Commandments always his righteousness is imputed to you the Bible teaches the doctrine of imputation the righteousness of Jesus Christ his keeping of the law which satisfied God once again has been imputed to you your righteousness oh it does exceed the righteousness righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees because it's the righteousness of Jesus Christ on your behalf verse 21 you have heard that it was said by them of old time thou shalt not kill and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother Rekha shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hell fire. Now, verse 27, still in Matthew chapter 5. What we see here is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, interpreting the Ten Commandments, the law of God, unto the heart. He's interpreting the law and showing that the uh, failure to keep the law comes from the heart. Because the heart, the Bible says, is is wicked. Who can know it? But you see, we have a new heart. Praise God. And Jesus is showing where that sin or that failure to keep God's law comes from. Verse 27, You have heard that it was said by them of old time. And again, he's talking about his own word. In the Old Testament, you have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that's true, he's saying, but let's take it further because your problem is in your heart. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery already with her, or hath committed adultery with her already, in his heart. I think Brother Chuck has already quoted this next verse some this morning. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out. Cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. Well, uh, I want us to notice verse 22 in Deuteronomy chapter 5. Brother Gene already read it for us. But I'm going to turn there so I don't mess it up. Verse 22, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 22. These words, we're talking about the Ten Commandments that God gave to Moses on the mountain. Remember, God was there. His presence caused the mountain to shake and smoke as if it was a great furnace. Power. These words the Lord spake unto all your assembly in the mount out of the midst of the fire of the cloud and of the thick darkness, 
with a great voice, a powerful voice. And he added no more. Is God's Word complete? Are the Ten Commandments complete? He added no more. That's God's Word. And he wrote them in two tablets, in two tables, I'm sorry, of stone, and delivered them unto me. You ever hear that saying? I know you have. Somebody may ask you, well, are you sure that's what you want to do? Are you sure that's the way you feel about it? And you may say, well, it's not written in stone, so I might change my mind. Well, let me tell you this morning that the Lord's moral law is written in stone. And we know it for a fact, don't we? We know it for a fact. No, when He hung on the cross, He didn't nail the Ten Commandments to the cross. We are told that. But that's not true. What He nailed to the cross was the Old Testament ordinances that pointed to Him. They were a human act of display of what He was going to do when He came. But He already came. But He came now. And what did He do? He fulfilled all of those ordinances. That's what He nailed to the cross. Just look with me if you want to. To I'll find it here in a second. Colossians, the second chapter. Colossians, the second, second chapter. It's got to be after, right before Thessalonians. Colossians chapter 2, and verse 9. And ye are complete in Him. Ye are complete in Him. In other words, He paid it all, didn't He? We have all that we need forever in Him. He is the head of all principality and power. None can thwart His hand. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. What does that mean? That means the flesh and the desires of the flesh are cut out of your life. And putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, Buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through faith, through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and the circumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him or made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances. They weren't needed anymore. At this time, we had the real thing. We didn't need to shed blood of animals to point to an innocent sacrifice because He came. He fulfilled all that. He also fulfilled the Ten Commandments, but He left them with us to be like Him, to live like Him. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to His cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, again, none can thwart His hand. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Praise God. He has defeated all of your enemies. What a Savior. 
We are going to continue, Lord willing, in this study of the Ten Commandments. And it's a big study. We may spend a good bit of time here. But we see in our world today, look around, what happens when you omit the Word of God? What happens when you take the Ten Commandments out of the courthouse, out of the schoolyard, out of your homes, out of your mind? It's catastrophic, isn't it? Mankind goes down, spirals downhill quickly without God's law. So important that we remember God's moral law. He's given us this as our ruler to live our lives by. What a Savior. He's provided all that we need, hasn't He?